We live in a time where biblical preaching is scarce. The call from this text this morning is clear. Preach the word in season and out. To preach what Paul has called in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the God-breathed scriptures, which are profitable, useful, and are complete and give us everything that we need for a life and godliness. The command of Scripture is clear, but this has not stopped many from turning away from this simple command to preach the Word of God. Many in this land we live in, they appeal to the flesh in their sermons. Many churches, they will only preach what is popular, if you can even call it preaching in our day. Oftentimes, it's more like inspirational speeches or lectures on self-help. People often in our day don't come to church to worship the true and living God. They come often asking the question, what can I get from this service? What can the church do for me? The preachers, they seek to tickle ears, to satisfy itching ears with soft, watered-down messages that have very little to do with God's Word. And it's any wonder that evil has prevailed throughout this nation. When the church has lost its ability to be the salt and light of the world. When the church has no clue who God is because no one will tell them when the church is feeding the appetites of the hearers rather than preaching the word of God. You know, right here in 1 Timothy, it told, Paul told Timothy that the church was to be the buttress of the truth, the pillar of the truth in the culture. And we see all around us that the church is not upholding their mandate. Ultimately, many have ceased to preach the truth, and can no longer call themselves churches. More like social clubs. Most pastors, they'll preach messages that will tell the hearers how good they are. They'll preach messages that imply that every single one will go to heaven. They will dare not speak of hell or the sins of our culture or the need to repent and turn to Christ. They would never be so bold to say things like Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. Often they'll preach self-help, telling people to look within themselves for strength. They give five-step sermons for a better life, or a seven-step sermon to a better marriage, or a three-step sermon to success in business. But ultimately, it's just more commands for people whose hearts are far from God. And what does it do? It creates modern day Pharisees in this land. People who think they are generally good. People who are self-righteous. People who think that they all they have to do is be good to get to heaven. Their sermons are void of the only thing that can give abundant life in this land, Jesus Christ. 
They are void of the only one who can give eternal life. They are void of the healing balm of Jesus Christ. They are void of that only name under heaven to which we can be saved. They are void of the rest. The rest for our souls that is found in Christ alone. And they are void, most importantly, of the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. And so the so-called churches across our land are filled with people that don't know Christ. And thus, they do not know God. And what is the cure? We need to get back to the Bible. Pastors, ministers, they don't need to get fancy. They don't need to try to entertain people. They need to appeal to the Word of God. They need to preach the Word. And they no longer need to appeal to the flesh of the hearers. They don't need a watered-down message. We must do what God says to do. And it really is simple. This isn't complicated. Paul is telling Timothy, it is really this simple. Preach the Word. Some might say, well, you won't grow a church that way. And who says? Peter, he preached on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 were added to their number. Sure, you might not have thousands flock to your door to hear a self-help sermon, but I want to ask you the question this morning, why would anyone want to grow a church that way anyway? There is a saying, what you win them with is what you have to keep them with. If you win them with entertaining them, then entertainment is what you will have to do. And this is why we see so many wild and crazy things in the church today. You see pastors coming down on zip lines in the church today to entertain people. If you recall in Jesus' day, in John chapter 6, people were following him, but they were following him for the wrong reasons. They weren't following him for Christ and love for him. And Jesus, he knew their hearts, and so he challenged them. And he challenged them with difficult teachings. And many false disciples, many many people that had not truly bent the knee, who had not been born again, they turned away from following him. And see, Jesus wasn't in the, the business of building a church whose hearts were far from him. We as a church should do the exact same as Christ. We should desire to do what Christ would have us do. That is to attract those who want God for God. To attract those who are looking for the pure word of God preached. To attract those that when they hear that hard teaching from the word of God, that first hard teaching, they just don't walk away. To have those who would come and simply desire to worship him and be satisfied with him. We've kind of got this backwards in our day. We think the church is where evangelism happens. And hear me, hear me today. I'm not saying that evangelism doesn't take place in the church because it certainly does. But the church is for believers. The church is the gathering of the people of God. That's what the word church means. It's not a building. It's the people of God congregating together to worship God. And so the church should love the word of God. 
Another thing is we also must trust God to grow his church as he wills. We don't need gimmicks or weird methods or entertainment to grow God's church. He grows it as he wills. As for us, the command is clear. The church is to preach his word. And this is what Paul was calling Timothy, to not be like those false teachers there that had infected the church of Ephesus, those men who preached myths and wild speculations. Paul is telling Timothy, young Timothy, preach the word. And to any minister, for that matter, preach the word of God. He charges him to do so. And something in the English translations here, as you read this verse, you do not hear the strength of Paul's words. He employs very strong language to get this point across. This is a big deal to the Apostle Paul that Timothy would preach the word of God. He states here with the utmost sincerity, and he commands him or charges him to do what is listed there in verse 2, mainly preach the word. And then he reminds Timothy here in verse 1 that what he will be doing, this work of a minister, this service to God, it is in front of the holy God. That the holy God who created him is watching him. And he is to revere what he is doing because he is under the scrutiny of God and of Christ Jesus. This is what verse 1 is telling us. It says of Jesus there that he is the judge. And he reminds, he's basically reminding Timothy of the stricter judgment that ministers will receive. He reminds Timothy to respect the office because of who he works for. He reminds Timothy of who he serves and who he must someday face. He reminds Timothy that he will one day see the Lord face to face. And his preaching should reflect that. This morning I want to tell you that there is a magnitude to service to God. There is a magnitude to serving the Lord of glory. There is a magnitude to being one who would preach the gospel of grace. There is a weightiness to it. And there should be a reverence for the office. There should be a reverence for those who would preach God's word to remind themselves often of who they serve. And that's really what verse 1 is all about for the Apostle Paul. You know, Anderson, he he was talking to me, my son, and I always, I'm always busy on the weekends because I'm preparing my sermons. And he, he's like, man, I got a great idea. He's, he says, why don't you work really hard through the week and get your sermons done by Friday so you can have the weekend off. And I told him, I said, Anderson, I do work through the week on my sermons. And I don't get the weekend off. Because they take me so long to prepare. They take me hours upon hours and upon hours to prepare. And you might ask the question, why? Because it's the Word of God. It's that important. It's to be that revered that the minister should be devoting himself to study so that he would rightly handle the word of God. We need this reminder often. It should be a humbling reminder to all those who would 
preach or teach his word for all those who have been called to his work. Paul says of Christ here that he is coming again and that he will judge the quick and the dead. And that will be at the consummation of his glorious kingdom. Here in verse 1, it says of Jesus that he is the judge of the quick and the dead. And oftentimes in our day, we've lost this teaching. We love the idea of Jesus being Savior. We love this idea of Jesus being meek and mild. But we've lost this truth of this verse that Jesus is also the judge of the quick and the dead. Make no mistake about it this morning. Every single soul will face this just judge, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.13 tells us of this. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must all give an account. This morning, make sure you know this Christ as Savior before you see him as judge. This morning, make sure you know God through his grace before you would receive his justice. Paul, he reminds Timothy here in this text to be a godly minister and to revere what he is doing because the God who made him is his judge. But I must say, as I thought through this, you, we need to... We need to qualify this statement. If you're under grace, you're under grace. So if you're under grace, you're not going to be judged for your sin because Christ drank that cup for you on the cross. So Timothy isn't going to face the judgment for his sin, but he will face judgment on that last day. And I don't know about you, but when I face the Lord, I want to hear from him with all my heart, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to give him the all that I have to the one who paid it all for me. I want to do what is pleasing to the Lord. And Paul knew that Timothy would want to do the same. And so he reminds him of who he serves and that he will one day stand face to face with this Christ. Paul now gets to that command in verse 2, preach the word. So we got to remember the context, remember what Paul had just talked about in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It was there he said that these scriptures are able to make wise for salvation. It was there that he said these scriptures are breathed out by God. It is there that he said of these scriptures that they are profitable for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It is there, he said of these scriptures, that they are sufficient for the believer. They are sufficient for our lives that we would be able to do everything that God would have us do in this life. And so in light of this, Timothy is to preach the inspired word of God. You could translate that word preach as herald or proclaim the word. Proclaim the gospel of Christ. This is the clear call from Scripture. And this morning, if you want to know why I do what I do, why do I go verse by verse, why do I preach through books of the Bible, it's because of this very command right here. Because God has told the minister to preach his word. What else does this verse tell us? Verse 2 this morning. 
It says there to preach the word in season and in out. Or in other words, when it's popular and when it is not. It also says there that the pastor is to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. You know, a lot of pastors have lost this command. But you know what makes it really easy? You know what makes obedience to this text pretty easy? Just preaching the word of God. As you preach through the scriptures, if the pastor would preach through the scriptures, he's going to preach about things that are in season. He's going to preach about things that are out of season. He's going to preach about things that will reprove the hearers. He's going to preach about things that will rebuke the hearers. And he would preach about things that will exhort the hearers. The call for the minister of God is to preach the word. Paul is calling Timothy to be ready to do so, to be prepared to do so. And I want to tell you, there's going to be times in a culture where it's easier to preach certain messages. It's going to be easier at times to preach certain topics. And then there's going to be times where certain topics are going to be difficult to preach in the culture. There are times when it seems like no one is growing from the preaching. There are going to be times where it seems like people are growing from the teaching. But the command is clear. No matter if it's popular or unpopular. No matter if you see the growth or no growth. Paul says, preach the word in season and out. There are times where people will oppose the pastor. There are times where people will try to shoot the messenger. And I do think that is strange. pastor who just preaches the word, is literally just giving the people the word of God. They're giving the people what God has said. That doesn't stop people from hating the pastor who just is the messenger. No matter if people despise you, the call is the same. For the pastor, preach the word, no matter what. No matter what, if God has given you a pulpit, the call is to preach the word of God. You know, Paul, as he wrote this 2 Timothy, he was in prison. He's writing this letter in prison. And he is suffering for the gospel, most likely for preaching the gospel. This is the very reason he is in prison. Imagine the heart of Timothy as he hears this. Preach the word, be like me. Preach the word and get locked up. This is what Paul is calling Timothy to. No matter what, preach the word. Don't give in to the pressures of the culture. Don't compromise just because people will hate what you are saying. Do not fear what people will think or what they will say. Be faithful to preach God's word. No matter what. Dr. Steve Lawson, he has this quote and it's very true. It says this. If you want an easy ministry, without controversy, then don't preach the Bible. Did you hear that? If you want an easy ministry with no controversy, don't preach the Bible. And this is the truth. Most pastors, they will not preach the Bible because they fear men rather than God. They don't want to preach the message that God would have them preach. Most pastors will only ever preach what is in season, not what is out. John MacArthur, he notes on this verse saying this. On this verse 2, he says this. The faithful preacher must proclaim the word when it is popular and or convenient and when it is not. When it seems suitable to do so, 
and when it seems not. The dictates of popular culture, tradition, reputation, acceptance, or esteem in the community or in the church must never alter the true preacher's commitment to proclaim the word of God. Nothing should change the pastor's commitment to proclaim the word of God. It says here in this text that the minister, he must also reprove. And this deals specifically with error. That is, people that are believing wrong things. You know what fights best against the lies of the enemy? The word of God. You know what fights best against false teaching that is all across our land? The word of God. It also says to the pastor that he's also to rebuke, and that's really dealing with people who are in sin. Preaching the scriptures is effective in the hearer's life. You know what repentance comes through? Preaching the word of God. The sword of the spirit, it cuts, it wounds, it penetrates our hard hearts. And this is the call for the pastor. The word of God, it shows us our sin. It shows us our need to repent. It shows us our need to be corrected. Hebrews 4.12 makes it clear that the word of God is powerful in the hearer's life. For the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know what? We're rid hearers of sin in their life, the preaching of the word of God. The minister is also to exhort, and this really has to deal with calling people to obedience, encouraging people to apply this word to their lives. It is pushing the hearers not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word of God. It also says there in verse 2 of the minister, he's to preach the word with great patience. And that is so important. See, people, we tend to be like microwaves. We want instant results. But God, he wants us to be like slow cookers, patient. Takes a long time to get the results. Here's the truth of this verse for the pastor. Preach the word with the utmost patience and trust God to work through his word. Trust God to work through his Holy Spirit in the hearer's life. You might not see the results you want in an instant, but no need to sway from God's method. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes when you least expect it, someone will come up to you and tell you how God's been changing their heart. Sometimes the people that you least expect it, they'll come up to you and tell you how your message has had such an effect in their life. Other times you'll have people come up and tell you how they've started to share their faith. Or you'll hear people say things that are in accordance with the Bible who you never thought would ever get it. Sometimes you'll have people come up to you to tell you that they they were never really trusting in Christ, but from hearing this message over and over again, they finally get it. What it means to trust in Christ for their salvation. Or you'll have someone come up to you and say, hey, my loved one, they've been really listening to that message and they're growing in the Lord. Or other times the minister might have someone come up to him and say, that preaching, 
I know that I'm not right with God because of it. And I want to be right with God. Many of these fruits, Ben and I have seen right here in this church. The minister, he can't always see the fruit. He can't always see the fruit of doing the work that God has called him to. But what's Paul tell Timothy? Be patient. And in time, there will be fruit from your work. You know, I, I also, as I was thinking about this, if you think about Timothy, he's in the middle of a crisis. The church is led by men who taught doctrines of demons. This is what Paul says. He's in the midst of an incredibly difficult situation. The elders of the church, the leaders of the church were false teachers. And I want you to think about Paul's instructions to Timothy. Think about how much Paul respects the word of God. Think about how much Paul believes in the word and its power to change people. Think about that this morning. Timothy, you're in a desperate situation. Here's what you do. Preach the word and be patient. Preach the word and be patient. People's lives will be changed through the preaching of the word of God. Paul states here in verse 3 that there is a time in the future, in his near future, that people will not want the truth. They won't want this type of teaching. They won't want sound doctrine. They won't want the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will not want the word of God preached. They will not want sound teaching. They won't want to hear about their sin, about their coming judgment, about the bloody cross of Jesus Christ, about our desperate need for a substitute who is Jesus Christ, about this only way to heaven, Jesus Christ. They will not endure sound doctrine. And I believe here in verse 3, Paul is describing the entire church age from his time to our time, to the future. One thing that is true throughout church history, there is no shortage of those who did not endure sound teaching. And this will also be true of our future. It's true of our present day. How often do we see people walk away from churches and go find someone that will tell them what they want to hear? There is no shortage of those who will leave behind the truth for a lie. Who will prefer the lie over the truth. You know, Ahab, the wicked king of the Old Testament. If you go to 1 Kings 22, there he he surrounded himself with 400 false prophets that would tell him what he wanted to hear. But Micaiah... The godly prophet, the biblical prophet, he didn't want to hear from him. You know what he said about him? I hate him. (laughs) For he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. Basically saying, I don't like the truth. I'll take 400 guys that'll lie to me, but I hate that guy that'll tell me the truth. So he accumulated for himself a lot of teachers that told him what he wanted to hear. And Paul says, this is what's going to happen 
in the future. There's no shortage of those who want what is false. There's no shortage of those who will have itching ears, who will want sermons that tickle their ears. I like the way the NASB puts verse 3 and 4. It says this, For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And their and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. So instead of desiring the word of God preached, they want preachers who tell them what they want to hear. I don't want to hear the truth. I want the lie instead. I don't want to turn from my sin. I want to live in it. So give me some preachers that will help me do that. That's the heart of the people that are accumulating for themselves teachers that tell them, tell them what they want to hear. Preachers that will tell them that they can have everything they want in this life. Preachers that tell them that they'll have health, wealth, and prosperity in this life. Preachers that tell them that they are absolutely awesome and that God affirms them in their sin. These people, they would rather have the myth than the word of God. They're far more interested in speculations, fanciful prophecies, fanciful end-time speculation than the clear teaching from the word of God. One commentator said on this verse, he said this, there is always an insatiable desire for vain and harmful things. This world is constantly seeking to destroy itself. If you think about Ahab, his unwillingness to listen to the truth. They're constantly seeking to destroy themselves. By every means possible, it can devise and it can imagine. And the devil, he is always available with his many teachers that these people require. There's always been plentiful harvest of the wicked people And Satan has never any lack of helpers or any lack of ways of deceiving people. You want to know why there's so many bad teachers out there? Atheists like to say it's one of the reasons that Christianity can't be true. But what's the Bible say? The Bible says there's going to be lots of them. The Bible says that people are going to do this. The Bible says that people will accumulate false teachers to themselves. The Bible says that people will want their ears tickled. To me, it's the reality of the truth of Scripture. You want to know why there's so many false teachers in the world? Because in our sin, we want them. In our flesh, that's who we want. We raise them up. We flock to them. We glorify them. We empower them. We accumulate them to ourselves. We want their watered-down messages that cannot offend and cannot save anyone. You know, they might scratch the ear. But without the truth, they could never penetrate the hard heart. But Timothy, he was called to be different. In verse 5, he's called to be sober-minded, to be vigilant, to be watchful, to not fall, tempta- not fall for the temptations that has ensnared others. 
It says there, he must also endure suffering. Get into that point. Timothy, preach the word even if you suffer for it. And Paul is telling him, you might suffer like me. But Timothy, he wasn't to fear people rather than God. God had not given him a spirit of fear, but of power. And it says there in verse 5 that he was to do the work of an evangelist. That he was to preach the gospel. And he was to preach the gospel so that people would be saved. He was to do the work of an evangelist. And this is the call of a pastor. I want to end this sermon like this. I want to encourage you, church, to heed the warnings of this text. Do not be those who would love the lie. Who, as the minister of the gospel preaches the word, do not be those who will run away from it. You know, Ahab, he wouldn't listen. And he met his demise. The words of life are there in the scriptures. And God wants you to hear them. He wants you to endure sound doctrine. He wants you to endure the sound teaching from the word of God. Don't be one who would wander off into myths. And who would prefer the lie over the word of God. Endure it this morning.